Uh, in the past uh, four weeks, we've looked at a verse of scripture in Second uh, Corinthians chapter four, and we will look at that uh, once again. And uh, we read the scripture, and then we ask, you know, what does that mean, or what doesn't it mean? And uh, certainly, we ask this uh, on this verse of scripture. This came up in a conversation. I'd never studied it before. And uh, so uh, we pray the Lord will shed some light on for us. So 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and I'll just read verse 4. In whom the God of this age has blinded the minds of them who believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So it talks about the God of this age, and although it doesn't mention Satan by name, I, I do believe it's talking about Satan. It says, you know, uh, God of this world. So just what does that mean? Does that mean that Satan's in control of everything in this world, in, in this age? Is that what it means? And uh, I know... Certainly some uh, feel this way. Uh, we, and, and we've studied several things on this, of course, in the past uh, uh, three, I believe, lessons. But, uh, so we looked at Job. Satan is mentioned there in Job. And uh, so, again, we ask the question, if Satan's God of this world, just who's running things anyway? So in Job's time, uh, Job said, you know, you know all the things that happened to Job, he lost all his, uh, his, his children uh, were taken, you know, his servants were taken, all his, his crops and his livestock and everything, and later even the bulls and everything, Satan was there. And, uh, but who was in control? Was Satan really in control? And, uh, but the Lord told Satan, you know, you could do this far, that's as far as you can go. And then later, okay, you can go this far, no farther. But then Job had something interesting to say. Because I asked, who did that? Who's in charge? And Job said, naked came I out of my mother's womb, naked shall I return. The Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And Jan, that blessed is, he's blessed in giving, and he's also blessed in taking because he knows what's best for his children and when. And then, uh, in the, uh, uh, the second chapter then, it said, or on the other page anyway, my Bible. Uh, so, then his wife, and that was the only thing that the Lord uh, uh, saved that was previously uh, Job. And she was used to tempt him any farther. So when you know you've upset God, you go ahead and curse God and die. And Job said, made another statement. And he said, uh, Shall we receive good at the hand of the Lord? And shall we not receive evil? And then it said something else. And all this did not Job sin with his lips. So he didn't say Satan did it. Although Satan was a tool used there, we realize that. He said, the Lord gives, the Lord taketh away. 
Shall we receive good in the hand of the Lord? Shall we not receive evil? And all this is not really sin of his lips. And uh, so as we mentioned, I brought a few tools in. These are tools, and uh, they really can't do anything on their own. But they're tools for different things, but they can't do anything on their own. Uh, so that's, and that's what Satan, Satan is a tool. We started out, uh, where did Satan come from? Well, he had to be created, because in the beginning <laughs> was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. So in the beginning was the, we'll say, the triune of the Trinity, God. So everything else that followed was created by God. And uh, Satan was also a creation. It says the deceived and the deceiver are his. So uh, Satan is a, is a tool. And, and the reason we, I, I look at this, when it says the God of this world, I don't want to be guilty in ignorance of worshiping Satan. I don't want to give him any honor and glory. Again, he's a tool created by God, and God has specific purposes for him. So in Job's time, Satan wasn't in charge. What about uh, uh, in Peter's time? And uh, you remember the Lord said to Peter, said, Satan's desire to sit to you sweet, but I pray for thee. So certainly Satan was there, desire to sit in his wheat. But who's going to come to pass? The Lord prayed for him. And, and he told Peter, he said, uh, when you're converted, strengthen the brother. He didn't say if you're converted. When you're converted, strengthen the brother. The Lord had a purpose for all that. He was in control uh, of all that. You know, and we talked about who was in control uh, back in, in Genesis whenever uh, uh, Joseph's brother, remember they cast him in the pit, sold him into slavery, and he ended up down in Egypt and in prison and so forth. Ended up being the head of all Pharaoh's affairs, of course. But who did that? Well, the brethren catching the pit, that's true. They were true you. Because later, uh, in the last part of Genesis, there were a couple of different places, when Joseph revealed himself to his brethren, he said, You meant for evil. But God meant for good. To save the nation of Israel from salvation. You know, the seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. So he said, it wasn't you sent me here with God to preserve life. So who was in control then? Yeah, Satan no doubt was used, because they meant for evil. Satan no doubt was used, but who's in control? In the and in the time of the Lord, whenever he was there, it said uh, uh, Herod and Paul Pilate and the nations and people of Israel was all gathered together. It said to do whatever I cancel before determined to be done. So they were gathered together, and they were gathered together to bring charges uh, against our Lord and put him on the cross. But, and this is what they did. We know what was in their heart, but what did the Lord say? They were together, together to do 
whatever the Lord's counsel had before determined to be done. So who's in charge? What's the Satan? Tool used? No doubt. But Satan was, I don't want us to worship Satan. I don't want us to give him any honor and glory. He's a tool in the hands of the Lord. Uh, let's go to Daniel chapter 4. And I, I know I go here often. Now, talk, this is talking about when uh, King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream and uh, Daniel interpreted the dream. And if you go back a little farther, you'll read about Nebuchadnezzar and, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and how Nebuchadnezzar, he had power, and going to have them burn up in that furnace. I don't know, maybe that was an iron furnace, and it doubled as a uh, torture chamber. I don't know what it was. But anyway, he said, you, you far up hotter than ever had been. And they were in there walking around, and they done burnt the ropes off of them. That was King Nebuchadnezzar. So a little later here, we read about King Nebuchadnezzar, had this dream, and Daniel interpreted, and Daniel told him, said, no, your king is going to be taken away from you. You're going to live just as an animal till seven times passed over, and then he's going to restore it till the stuff was left. And Nebuchadnezzar then, uh, certainly this concerned him, and in verse 29 of Daniel 4, it says, at the end of 12 months. What does that mean? Daniel had interpreted his dream for Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar, no doubt, he was watching. He, I'm sure he didn't sit with his back to the door where somebody could come and, and overthrow him or something. But Nebuchadnezzar was, he was looking at that calendar. And 12 months had passed by. And he thought, Kingdom can't be taken away from me. And listen to what he says in verse 30. The king spoke and said, Is not this great Babylon that I have built? For the house of the kingdom by the might of my power, for the honor of my majesty. Daniel said it was going to be taken away and everything. No, no, no. I built this kingdom. I know my loyal servants and everything. It can't be taken away from me. But notice he says, I, I, I. And we know where that comes from. Uh, hold your place a minute. I know I read a lot. But in, in Isaiah uh, chapter 14, this is when, when he says, I built this kingdom, my, my, my power, my magic, I, 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 that's exactly what we see in uh, Satan's doctrine in chapter 14, if I can ever make it there. And, and listen to the resemblance of what Satan says here and what Nebuchadnezzar says. Verse 12, 14 and 12, Isaiah. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, who didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend 
above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. So that is, that's Satan's doctrine, pure and simple. I, I, I. And even as we go back to Peter for just a second, and he said, the Lord says, Satan desires to sift you as wheat, but I, you know, I prayed for you. And then, you know, uh, the Lord told him, said, now, uh, you're all, you're going to deny me. And Peter says, I will never deny you. See that I again? I will never deny you. Where'd that come from? That's Satan who desired to sift him as wheat. But who was in control? It was the Lord. Uh, so now, so back in Daniel here, if you put me over this place there, but in Daniel uh, uh, chapter 4. So then it, it says, this same hour has come up on Nebuchadnezzar, and I enjoy reading, studying where he was cast out and just lived like an animal for, for uh, seven years. But then in verse 34, And remember what he said before. Before this, I like to say, I think the seven years, said till seven times passed over. I like to say that the Lord gave him a doctorate here. He said seven years of education. And listen to what he says after the seven years in verse 34. At the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lift up my eyes to heaven, and mine understanding returned to me. And I blessed the most and I praise and honor him who lived forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. Singing different tune now, isn't it? Now verse 35. A lesson for all of us. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed of nothing. Now, he was including himself in that statement. Now, before he had that seven years of... Uh, of education there in the wilderness, he certainly didn't think he was reputed as nothing. I, I, I thought my, you know, that's, again, that was Satan's doctrine. But all inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He doeth according to his will. So I ask a question whose will is coming to pass? Satan's? Mine, yours? This says God. He doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the heavens of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say to him, What doest thou? So I, I like to ask people questions. Is God's will coming to pass in heaven? Oh, yes, everything's perfect in heaven. I agree. But what does it say? He uh, uh, doeth according to his will in the army of heaven. And among the inhabitants of the earth, whose will is coming to pass? Satan? Mine? Yours? God. He does according to his will. Uh, and we see that. We see that in Job. We see that in, in uh, Peter there. We see it uh, in Acts there, where they were. Herod, Pontius Pilate, and nations and people of Israel gathered together to do whatever the Lord's hand had before determined to be done, and that was to crucify the Lord. But we see whose will was coming to pass. It was God. Well, personal television on time. 
bit too carried away with it, but uh, uh, he was talking about God not being in control, and uh, it's all up to us. And he said, to, to give an example, he says, he gave a, a certain uh, young couple had a, had a baby, and it was having a disease. I believe it already died. He said, God didn't kill that baby. Who killed Jesus Christ? Was it Herod, Pontius Pilate, the nations, the people of Israel? Read in the third, in the third chapter of Isaiah. He said, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. God the Father put him on the cross to pay the great price of our redemption. So if the Lord's will come to pass in heaven, and just as much on this earth, Uh, so who's running things? Who was running things in Job's time? Who was running things in, in, in Peter's time uh, when he says that Satan desired to sit to his feet? Who was running things whenever they crucified the Lord? Who was running things when Joseph's brethren cast him in this pit? Not Satan. Satan. Yes, Satan was a tool used. But Satan was not running things. Don't give him honor and glory. You know, and, and if you look at it for a minute, in Joseph's brethren, did it work together for good? And yet, certainly, they meant for evil, casting him in the pit, throwing him into slavery. But in the end, you know, the whole nation of Israel saved from starvation. So it worked together for good. God didn't see this problem and react to it and turn around and make it work together for good. It was God's plan all along. So don't give Satan any honor of glory. He doesn't deserve it. He's a tool that God uses in his hand. And uh, uh, Isaiah uh, chapter 46, again, who's in charge? Uh, when we read that uh, in Corinthians, the God of this world, I want us to think about think about that for a minute. Who's in charge? When we read that, we think God of this world, oh yeah, Satan's in control of everything. That might be the first thing that comes to our mind. But is he? Who is in charge? Isaiah chapter 10. And uh, Isaiah chapter 46, verse 10. I hope you people can read my mind now because I'm going Doris had to know that, right? She knows. We read each other's thoughts. So Isaiah 46 and verse 10, I apologize. But it says, Declaring the end from the beginning, from ancient times, things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do most of my pleasure. Well, I read that wrong on purpose. My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. Satan can't. You and I can't. Whatever happens in heaven and on earth is according to God's counsel. Of course, we might not understand why he does certain things. Of course, we might not. But we need to understand that he is. And, and again, who is in control? 
Well, it appears this, that God's in control. He declares the end from the beginning. We can't... It's hard to, it's hard to comprehend that, isn't it? And from ancient times, things are not yet done. So go back to ancient times. Go before the foundation of the world. He's already declared uh, about Nebuchadnezzar. And uh, he had already declared Peter's going to be Satan's desire to sit in his wheat. He had already declared in uh, Job's time what was going to happen. He'd done nothing before. But that's God. He declares the end from the beginning. From ancient times, things have not yet come to pass. And again, my temple shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Does that description fit anybody else? Look at verse 9. He reminds us. Remember the former things of old. For I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. So this description here in verse 10 where it says my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure, that doesn't fit anybody else. What does that say about us being three more angels? It's not true, what it says. What does that say about Satan being the God of this world? He is the God of this world. The scripture says that. Don't deny that. But what does it mean? Does it mean he's in control of all things and his pleasure is coming to pass and God's disappointed? No. There's none like God. My counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. All my, not most of it. I'll do all my pleasure. Take a minute and think what that means. Again, I know <laughs> it, it, it's high. I can't attain to it. But back in before the foundation of the world, back in ancient times, he had already declared the things that were going to come to pass. He said, my counsel is bad, and I will do all my pleasure. And we have, we find peace in when things happen that, that when we read that it didn't happen, but we find peace realizing this is God's time. And we read Romans 8.8, it's also working together for our good. So, my uh, chance is to stand, I will do all my praise. And while we're here in Isaiah chapter 25, so as, as we read this though, in verse 10, who's in control? Whose place is going to pass? Very clear, isn't it? There's only one. That description only fits one person. It's not Satan. It's not you and I. Uh, Isaiah 25 and verse 1. O Lord, thou art my God. I will exalt thee. I will praise thy name. For thou hast done wonderful things. Thy counsels of old are faithful and true. In other words, the things that he counseled from ancient times, things he counseled from the beginning, they're faithful and true. They will come to pass according to his will and purpose and pleasure. But he's in control. Do we read where Satan's counsel of old are faithful and true? Certainly mine's not, but his. He's in control. And I don't know 
how many examples we need to convince us. But I, I know I've talked to people before, well, that's, a, that's an isolated incident. Or this is an isolated incident. How many do we need? We'll read a couple more. Let's go look uh, at Jeremiah. And again, we're going to see who's in control, as always. Jeremiah chapter 1, and it gets uh, uh, very personal here, I guess. You might look at it. But again, as we're reading this, who's in control? Who's in charge? So, Jeremiah uh, chapter 1, verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, So this is what the Lord said unto Jeremiah. Before I formed thee in the womb, I knew thee. Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet to the nation. So he said, Jeremiah, before you were there formed in the womb, again, hard to understand, hard to comprehend. But Jeremiah, before I ever formed you in the womb, I already knew you, Jeremiah. Before there was a Jeremiah, God already knew Jeremiah. We could read in, I don't go there, I think it's Psalm 139. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember verse 11, 12, something like that. Uh, it says uh, that he knew my substance before there was any substance. So here, very clear here as well. Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, before there was a you, I knew that. And before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee to be a prophet to the nation. How could this statement be true if some, and you may have, well, I know some have, maybe some still do, look at Satan, God of this world, he's in charge of that thing. And that's the reason I wanted to study this. But if Satan, I know it says he's God of this world, but we'll still talk about what, what that means, but if Satan's in charge of everything in this world, how could verse 5 be true? When he says, before Jeremiah, before you came forth out of that womb, I sanctify thee, and I ordain thee to be a prophet of the nation. How could that be true? If Satan is in charge of things, he may have fixed it to where Jeremiah wasn't a prophet of the nation. If he had his will, certainly that's what he would have done, but he couldn't do it. I ordain thee to be a prophet of the nation. Well, wonder if... Uh, Jeremiah didn't want to be. Well, he didn't want to be. <laughs> and in verse 6, Then said I, Oh, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak. I'm a child. I don't want to lose this. Uh, verse 7, But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatever whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. But what if Satan stops him from speaking these things? 
If he's the God of this world, again, I hope you understand what I'm saying. Satan is God, this word says that. But what does it mean? If that, if that means he's in charge of everything in this world, then this can't be true. He said, Jeremiah, you, I'm going to command thee uh, to speak whatsoever uh, thou shalt speak. Uh, I command thee, thou shalt speak. Uh, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. So is Jeremiah going to speak the word of the Lord? Is it up to Satan? Was it up to Jeremiah? No, it's up to God. Verse 8. Be not afraid of faces. I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Satan, the tool Satan may be busy here with Jeremiah. In fact, I believe he was, because if we look at verse 6, then said uh, I, uh, O oh Lord, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. He wasn't boastful in it in one respect, but he was thinking, I wasn't. I am going to have to prophesy. I am going to do this. So he's still thinking about himself. It might seem innocent and not boastful as it was in Isaiah with Nebuchadnezzar, but it is going to say, and even Peter, I'll never deny thee. So Satan was used to the tool Satan was used. But whose will is going to come to pass? Well, certainly it was uh, uh, Jeremiah's. He said, uh, Be not afraid of faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. The Lord will keep his promises. He will deliver Satan. We could go, we won't, I don't want to get long, but we could go to uh, the uh, Saul of Tarsus, who the Lord changed to call the Paul. And the Lord went to Ananias and he says, I want you to go to him. And uh, uh, he's going to, he's going to, and of course Ananias was not this guy, he's the worst enemy we've got. No, you go to him. And, and he's going to bear my name and so forth. And uh, I'm not doing a very good job of quoting that, but anyway, uh, he, he goes there by name. That's all. And uh, but that was before. He says he is a chosen vessel. That's what God told Jeremiah or told uh, Ananias. He says he's a chosen vessel. He wasn't chosen after he turned into Saul Tarsus preaching the truth. He was a chosen vessel back when he was still having uh, the Lord's sheep put in prison and killed and bound. He was still a chosen vessel. Well, when was he a chosen vessel? Well, what we've read so far, from ancient time, from the beginning, Ephesians said, before the foundation of the world, see, if Satan was in charge of things, none of this could be true. If we was in charge, none of it could be true. Uh, and what read would you read it there and read it moreover I go to it again in the 7th chapter of Exodus but he says as what read says the Lord says I come down to deliver my people out of the hand of the now who's in charge here 
Satan still God of this world, but what does that mean? So who's in charge here? He comes down to deliver his people. And I, I just enjoy when he told Moses, you go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And, and I can just picture this. When Moses starts his journey, he goes tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And he goes, Moses, wait a minute, though. Before you get there, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to harden his heart. And he's going to let my people go. So the Lord is going to harden Pharaoh's heart so he wouldn't let him go. Ultimately, after the last plague, he did, of course. But who's, will, who's running things? Was it Pharaoh that buddy and I won't let him go? He told Moses, I'll harden his heart. And he can't let him go. Well, Satan used there, no doubt he was. But whose will come to pass? Uh, so there again we see Satan used a tool was not Moses used as a tool do you think Moses had power to have all those scrolls come out of there Moses didn't have that power that was God all the other plagues do you think Moses had power to do that do you think Moses had power to open the Red Sea. Now I know he was a tool used. But who, who would run that? It was God. Satan was no doubt was used, and the Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he went after he went after right the last minister, which you know the woman was destroyed in the, in the Red Sea. But Pharaoh didn't have free will. He couldn't let those people go. Now, will Satan use it? Doesn't say, but no doubt he was. But it shows God was in control. Who's running things? It was God. And we look at all the prophets and prophecies, prophesying things in the future. As we read in the things in Revelation that are future. Well, how can we have faith in you know, if Satan's in control? We couldn't. Couldn't have faith in any of it. But knowing that God is in control, he declared the end from the beginning. He says, we look at Revelation. We might look at it as kind of the end of things as we know it. It's not the end, but, but that was all declared from the beginning. So... Our lesson said that Satan is God of this world, but don't don't be deceived in what that means. Don't give him all the glory. Well, Satan does this, Satan does this, Satan does all these things. Don't give him all the glory for that. It's God and God. And I know when you talk like that, people want to talk about. Things that we label as negative. What about 9 11? And I look at one of the terrible things those twin towers came down. I've even heard people say, Where was God 9 11? He's still on the throne. But, but I, I can say the same thing. Where was God whenever Joseph's brother cast him into a pit? He was still on the throne. And that was all working together good to save the whole nation of Israel. So don't, don't want to Satan by giving him 
honor and glory. All the honor and glory goes to God. We may not understand, certainly won't understand why he does everything. But we do know his, he says, I will do all my time. And we'll bless the people.